0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
1: Yeah,
0: could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does this smell good? Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey, boy. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is time for
2: all of today's top sports stories in one place. Wolfing down your lunch. Aaron Maloney is here. Aaron?
3: So it's Sunday here on Arizona Sports as we get you ready for the Suns to open up the 2022 2023 NBA season. So how's the team feeling as they head into their opening night rematch with the Mavericks? Here's Mikel Bridges from Burns and Gambo yesterday.
4: We're excited, man. So excited. Um, there's always that feeling coming back in that first game and. We've been grateful to have, you know, home games as our first games pass. I mean, I think every year since I've been in the league. Um, it's amazing, man. We're so fired up. Like, just you have that itch. You know, I've been waiting all summer, especially kind of the way we went out. It, you had to wear that all year, all summer, until the first game, until the season come back. And it's finally here tomorrow. And um, literally, we're all excited. I can tell you that.
3: What is the best thing the Suns can do to put last season in the rear view mirror quickly?
2: First of all, I think Mikel's excited because uh, the Phillies are like three games away from going to the World Series. That's why he sounds His so His
3: Eagles much more, are so. good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: seriously, he's got everything. Um,. I think the best thing they could do is come out and look like the Phoenix Suns and beat Dallas tonight. You know, Devin Booker, all these guys are right when they say it's only one of 82 games. But it is. Yeah. It's the game in front of you. We haven't seen the Phoenix Suns look like the Phoenix Suns really since Game 2 against Dallas, with the exception of that Game 5. We saw them play four of their last five games against this exact team and look like complete imposters.
1: I would say win. Win. They got to find ways to win games. They can do it differently. Sometimes they can do it because they can hit the three. Sometimes it's inside with Deandre Ayton and Deandre Ayton actually coming through and performing well and doing it in a physical way, playing with force. Um they can do it with their defense. I think the one characteristic ever since Chris Paul has showed up here is the fact that they found ways to win games, and they did it in different ways. And I think that's what I want to see them do again. That's when I'll know the Phoenix Suns are back, when they find ways to win games and do it differently. Game in and game out.
3: So before we look at the entire Suns season as a whole and predict, what's your guys' prediction for tonight?
2: I think the Suns win. I mean, I, I think, I just think the Suns are a better team than Dallas. Now, I know it sounds ridiculous with the way last season ended, but on paper, they are a better team. And I, it's not like I don't think Dallas will be motivated. I think it'll be a close game. I think, obviously, Luka Doncic is one of the best players in the world. But I do think the Suns get it done tonight.
1: Yeah, and the reason why I think the Suns win, I think they win in a close game, is just the fact that they're home, the Footprint Center, and how juiced this crowd is going to be. I think it's the
2: difference in tonight's I'm guessing game. we're not going to see a lot of Mavericks fans at this game tonight. There will always be some, but I'm, it's going to be a pretty Suns-heavy crowd.
3: So following a season with the NBA's best regular season record, the Phoenix Suns enter the 2022-2023 season with the 6th best title odds on FanDuel Sportsbook. So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, how far will the Phoenix Suns make it this season? Your choices, NBA Finals, Conference Finals, conference semis or first round
2: Ooh, this, this is tough boy. because I think the roster's going to change I have him in the conference finals Is that is that ridiculous to have him that far I'm going in the west I'm going to the semis Okay yeah, I just
1: I you know again um so much has got to come together with this bench as we all know this bench has got to solidify if in fact that happens which is possible starting with campaign I, I think it's this is Cam. It's go time, baby. At some point in time, they're going to need him to play like he did two years ago, and I think that solidifies the bench and the use of the bench for Monty Williams from that point forward. It all starts with campaign, and barring some type of trade that may be on the horizon, um, or whether or not Jay Crowder comes back. I think that right there is going to be the tell for this team going
2: forward. See, and, and I think there's a lot of truth to that. There's a lot that has to come together for them. And I know a lot of people are picking the Clippers to go deep. And the Clippers are loaded. If John Wall is is you know healthy again, if Kawhi's is healthy again, if, if Paul George stays healthy. I like Norman Powell. There's a lot of ifs with the Clippers, though, too. There's really a lot of ifs with all these good teams except Golden State. And I would say to a certain extent, New Orleans doesn't have as many ifs either. But I'll still go. I'll go conference finals.
3: So 35% say the first round, 26% say conference semis, 22% say NBA finals, and then 17% say conference finals.
2: Wow. <laughs> so you're either going all the way or you're getting out in the second round, according to the list. Man.
3: The Cardinals are gearing up to take on the Saints tomorrow on Thursday Night Football, and according to our Arizona sports Cardinals reporter, Tyler Drake, the Cardinals offense sets up perfect for Robbie Anderson's style of play. Just how much can we expect to see of Anderson tomorrow night on such a short week and him just getting there?
2: I mean, I go back to that Kenyon Drake example from 2019, I believe it was. Halloween, Thursday Night Football at home. They needed a running back. They went out and got Kenyon Drake. Wolf, it was basically on Monday morning, wasn't it? And he showed up and had a really good game against the 49ers. Um, but as you said yesterday, receiver's are a different position than running back when you're trying to learn a playbook quickly. I, I don't... I don't know that you can count on Robbie Anderson consistently throughout the game to be a guy that's going to come out of this with like nine catches or something, but he could certainly break one or two plays.
1: Yeah, no, I think he could definitely do that, especially if he's going to run a lot of vertical routes. Remember the stat I gave you yesterday from ESPN Stats and Information that said that's... Uh, Hollywood Brown ran vertical routes 39% of his snaps, and Robbie Anderson 38% of his snaps. And then also, not only just getting down the field, but where they aligned. They had Robbie Anderson lined up with 72% of his snaps in 2019. He was lined up wide. And Brown, Marquise Hollywood Brown, 71% of the time. These two guys are very, very similar in what they bring before the snap, of course, and after the snap. Speed.
3: And in baseball, both league championship series are going on in the NLCS. you got the Padres and the Phillies. Philadelphia leads that series currently after one game. The ALCS gets underway tonight between the Yankees and the Astros. So who is your guys' pick to advance to the World Series? Well,
2: I just don't want it to be the Astros. And I feel like it's going to be the Astros that win the whole thing. I tell you, Wolf. I know they they lost last night. They couldn't get a hit. The Padres have that sort of weird vibe like around them. That, that I totally game agree. Where they closed out, the Dodgers came back uh, after Dave Roberts bent and sat his starting pitcher for no reason. Uh, and then it started. There was just like hurricane, and all the, the Padres fans were going crazy. I, I, that team has something, but. The Astros I think not even lost a game yet, have they? I,
1: I honestly, for me right now, I just think some kind of weird mojo is afoot um, with Aaron Judge and the fact that the season he has had um, I think we're in store to see something legendary mm. in this series and an into the World Series as well. I Honestly, I wouldn't count the Yankees out by any stretch of the imagination. And the Padres, they've got mojo as well.
2: It's weird that the Yankees just don't bother me as much now as, uh, as they did a couple of years ago. Maybe it's because they're playing the Astros. All right, that was Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron. We're going primetime this week. We're giving you the chance to win tickets to both the Suns Home Opener this Wednesday and Thursday Night Football, so just text PRIMETIME to six twenty six twenty and listen for your name all day, plus one lucky winner. Each day is going to win their choice of a Devin Booker jersey or a DeAndre Hopkins jersey. That's PRIMETIME to six twenty six twenty. When we come back, is this game tomorrow night a must-win for the Cardinals? We're going to ask two-time Super Bowl champion Max Starks Maximum Football. He will join us next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Max Starks. Max Starks. Max, Starks. Max Starks. Simone maximum. Max. Brought to you by Carol Royce. Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com.
4: Please welcome, from the University of Florida, Tackle, Max. It is the Wolf and Luke Show,
2: and it is time for some Maximum Football. It is Wednesday, after all. Max Starks just
4: walked into the room. That is a solid—is that a Steelers hat? Yeah, I'm yes, it's, it's the Intercept Cancer. You know, they did all of them with that kind of tie-dye, yeah. and it says Intercept Cancer, and there's yeah. the team logo. Very cool. Always go fitted hat if you have the option. Always, always, always. Nobody wants to deal with Velcro or the little snap buttons. The snaps are okay. I mean, but They're okay. the ones where
2: you have to like pull it through the buckle, I feel like, no, I'd, I'd rather just not. Oh, yeah, the one hat. that has like the little fabric thing yeah. you're trying to size. No, no, yeah, no, no, no. Just, I
1: don't, that's, a, I don't that's like more, more golf. To, do you walk around and wear a lot of hats when you're walking around? Uh, not in everyday life. I, I don't, yeah, I don't do yeah. it at all except when I'm broadcasting. That's I was about
4: to say, I do it when I broadcast and then sideline, right? Because you're outside okay. or yeah. more often than yeah. not, unless you're in a state yeah. and a dome. But yeah, I wear hats. That's the only time I wear hats. But. Yeah, it, it's, it's something that's weird. Like, today I was outside working, so I was really? like... Wait a minute. Yes, what do you Scott. mean, like, breaking leaves? Or what are you we talking about? Breakable <laughs> leaves? What are you
1: talking about right now? Are you Did kidding you me? So, me. So, I d-
4: so what I had to do was I'm, I'm cleaning up the outside area of our house, our lower, okay. like, balcony area. Right. And so I had to disassemble a child's playhouse... <laughs> Today, oh, that's brutal. <laughs> and then I sold it to someone, so I had to drive it <laughs> to go pick it up. But it, it was also like I was cleaning off like the outdoor seating stuff, washing it down, drying it off, and then just cleaning and sweeping and stuff. So I, yeah. you realize now, if this,
2: if the next hour goes well, you're gonna have to do that before every edition of Maximum Football. No, no,
4: uh, no. I'm throw it out. There, no. no. Do, do that's you why warn you these
1: people, people that you're six eight 6'8", 340? I mean, do they do? Do you warn these people?
4: You mean, you mean that when, when I when I do the uh, <laughs> when do the you sales? sell yeah. No, right. no, absolutely not. <laughs> you get out of the car? L- l- listen, the, the, the best part is that you know, you're supposed to put your profile picture. My profile picture is a Lego person, okay? That's <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, now,
2: Max gets out of the car and then picks They're the like, car up on his shoulder. That is the
1: biggest dude I have ever seen. He's carrying a playhouse, yeah. Right.
2: All right, yeah. Max. Um, Wolf and I had this discussion yesterday, and Wolf is hesitant, although I kind of think you went down this path even more than I did, to call this a, a, a must-win. In game tomorrow, but if you are two and four and things look the way they look, and you're kind of getting your last card that you could play with DeAndre Hopkins coming back, it's about as close to a must win as you could have in a week seven game, I feel like.
4: Yeah, this is getting pretty close. Pretty close. I mean, when you look at the fact that Seattle, right, is at three and three, um, and they are playing crazy efficient football. And then you look at San Francisco being that other team that Jimmy Garoppolo is still there, still starting. Yeah. After all the hoopla we had this offseason. Incredible. But the Cardinals are, are still right there. That's the other that's the other crazy part about like when you think about it, only ten teams out of thirty two have winning records. Yeah. That's twenty two other teams at yep. five hundred or below. You have ten that are above five hundred. How many playoff teams do we need? Um, To to fill it it out? Yeah, that's right. So four teams that are currently at 500 (laughs) or below... Once again, this is the Wolfie that knows math. <laughs> I, asked, I asked Craig the same oh, thing this morning. He failed it miserably. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. They, they Craig. He couldn't even give me a number. Oh. He was like, how many is on each side? <laughs> so, like, okay, turn it great. around. Back Thank you. Preface it. Just,
1: please, turn your mic off, Craig.
4: Yeah, but, So that means that there are four teams, as it stands right now, that if, it, if the playoffs were to start today, would be 500 or, or a little bit below. So everybody's still in this race. Like, yeah. There's only a handful of teams that are playing exceptional football right now. Everybody else is kind of equal. So that's why I say for pride and for mental status, yes, you want to be able to win this game. But if you don't, you're still open in the window. But it's just it's so crazy because I had to do a show last night, and we had to give our three biggest surprise and our three biggest disappointments. The Cardinals were on that list for me. Really? I hate to say it because— When you've gone now two games without scoring an offensive touchdown, when you were supposed to be an offensive juggernaut, you've drafted for offense. Yes, You've drafted to make Kyler Murray happy. You gave him a contract to make him happy. There should never, never be a game where you say no offensive touchdowns. Never. Especially against Seattle, the a, way they're playing defense. Especially against Seattle. I don't care if Geno Smith is leading the league in completion percentages. Their defense is not. Their defense, <laughs> Their defense is, is terrible. Oh, I saw goodness. them in the preseason, and nobody's changed. They had. It's not like they traded for anybody. Hell, they haven't traded for anybody since they got rid of Russell Wilson. Yeah. You know? <laughs> since they, that Noah Fant trade, as it's now known. Yeah, exactly. That Noah Fant guy. Well, now it's looking way better. I think they should have asked like Jackie Moon for a washing machine as well. <laughs> it would have just added insult to injury. But, it, it, but yeah, yeah, I mean, that that's where I'm that's where I'm disappointed in them. Like the offense and I don't want to hear about DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins should not be that big of a deal. When you have Hollywood Brown already on this roster, who's supposedly switching places with him. Rondell Moore, who, you know, he was injured. Yo. But Greg Dorch did a tremendous job in his stead. Zach Ertz, James Conner, right? Eno Benjamin. Like, you got all these other offensive weapons, Yo. and you still have Kyler Murray. I miss Greg Dorch, by the way. I'm going to start like the Greg, I, where's I really, Greg I really like I really like Greg Dorch. And what he did from the slot position was tremendous. And that's what really helps this team bind together is the clear if Kingsbury offense operates off of that slot? That slot has to do some of the dirty work if you're not going to have an ISO one-on-one receiver. Yeah. And DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise Brown are two different guys. That's why you have both of them on the same team. So the fact that you did not have D-Hop, people were kind of expecting Marquise to be D-Hop light, and it's like, no, they're different receivers. They're different play styles all together. So it'll be nice to see if you can get one of those guys, and then, of course, try and see when you can get... Um, when you can get Marquise Brown back, but this offense should never sputter like this. It just it shouldn't. And when we think of the years past, what's the biggest complaint no. we've always had? The second half of the season looking so disappointing. Not the first half. Yes. Not the anonymity phase. Not the phase where you did not have anybody playing in the preseason because of that purpose. And now you wonder... Yeah, Maybe he should have taken a couple reps in the preseason. Yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, it's going to be really, really interesting. We're going to talk a little bit later
1: about this just to see if D-Hop does clear anything up for Kyler Murray because I think his pre-snap read is predicated on D-Hop and what the defense is doing. I... I I think this could have a profound impact on Kyler Murray and therefore have a profound impact on where he goes with the ball. I think he's that dependent on it. Again, that's just my speculation. We'll see if that happens. Um, I'm not saying it is going to happen, but the defense. I want to talk about the defense here quickly as well. Have you ever been on a team where there was any type of finger pointing between the offense and the defense or the defense and the offense? Were you ever on a team like that?
4: No, I, I can, well, in college, um, a couple times we had it in games. Okay, but not in the NFL. Not, not in the NFL, just because, I mean, because our, our defense was such a veteran group over there in Pittsburgh. I mean, Troy wasn't going to say anything. Yeah, right. you know James Ferrier and Larry Foot weren't going to say anything,
3: and the leadership, the okay. leadership Defense. of that
4: group, Ryan Clark, w- Ryan Clark chir- chirped at everybody, so it was just it was more like nonsense. But then even either Joey Porter or James Harrison or Lamar Woodley, like you never really got from that crew anything that was like, man, you need to get it's your fault. Did it yeah. is? No, it never was because we knew we depended on each other, so that never really happened, and especially as. A team that was, you know, that's close, that knows each other, that spends time together, like, that doesn't have to be said. You know, I looked at what Tom Brady was yelling at his offensive line on the sidelines in our game on Sunday. I was like, yeah, no, Ben never even thought to do that. Maybe because he also had veterans that were of similar elk, but he would have never twisted his mouth. He would be like, hey, hey, come on, let's pick it up. Let's pick it up, guys. Come okay. on, we got to go. Yes. But never the finger-pointing, never the blaming, never the, let's say, um... Uneducated French words. Yes, okay, right, exactly. <laughs> no, no, No gentleman's French. So you're, okay, saying, you're right. saying nobody
2: went up to James Harrison and was like, you need to be better, you're holding me back? Nobody wanted to go up to him and say that?
4: <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. That's Absolutely not if you wanted to live. Okay, I mean, <laughs> right. <laughs> survival instinct. Or, or you care. know actually eat without using a straw and pureeing. Yeah, don't answer
1: right now, but I want to talk to you about what Big Ben actually said about Tom Brady at some point
2: in time. Okay, Text us your thoughts to the Findle text line at 620-620 right now we come back. What does Max Starks think about Cliff Kingsbury potentially giving up play calling if it comes to that? We're going to ask him next. Maximum Football continues on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader.
0: Arizona Sports. Dark. Max Starks. Max Starks. Maximum for max. Maximum for max. With Wolf and Luke. Brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to HigherPrice.com. That's HigherPrice.com.
2: Max Darks is here. Maximum football. It is Wednesday, and it's like there's more pressure. It's
4: Sunday.
2: It's it's Wednesday. It's kind of feels like a Saturday because
4: the game's tomorrow. It's Sunday. I don't know. Yeah, you know. So cool, man. It's sport. You know what? Sports is on the precipice. That's all we know. It's sports day. October. Yeah,
2: it's October. What more do you need? Sports tober. Sports -tober. Sports tober. I think every all the four major sports are playing tomorrow.
4: We're just we're just we're just going <laughs> sports Tober. Something something is going to sell. <laughs> yeah, we'll just we'll, just, we'll just keep selling sell. everything until
2: somebody buys something. Uh all right, Max. This um this week Cliff Kingsbury was on with us as he is every week, and we asked him uh, we asked him a few questions, but these two in particular are the ones kind of getting the run. So we'll start with this. Does he feel like he's coaching for his job right now?
1: You know, I, I think that comes with the profession, I think when when you have a start like we have had uh, offensively, that that talk is is going to be out there, and and uh, you know, quite frankly, it, it should be. We, we should play better, and um, we all know that. So that's that's uh, you know, week in week out, we, we feel like we're all kind of coaching for our job in this profession, and um, we we gotta get better on offense.
2: Then we also asked him if he would ever consider giving up the play calling.
1: Definitely, yeah. Whatever it takes to win, um, whatever it takes to score points, um, that's you know. Anything goes in this league and and, and so we'll, we'll examine all avenues obviously in a short week that that'd be tough to to go by but right. we' see how things go and um, whatever it takes to to make us you know get better. I'm all for it.
2: before anything else, just your initial reaction to hearing those responses from an NFL head coach.
4: yeah, you got to address them yeah. yeah when especially when one of the reasons why you were brought in as a head coach, was to be an offensive mind. It's different if you're scoring 30 and your defense is giving up 35. Yeah. Right? But you're struggling with offense. And you literally went all in on offense this offseason to to pacify and make him feel good at him being Kyler Murray. And you're supposed to be an offensive coach. Right. Yeah. You're supposed to be in this nouveau category that if you touch Sean Vic- McVay in any type of way at any point in your life, or you shared an eye glance, you're going to get a head coaching job, and you're going to get head 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 coaching plus offensive play calling like responsibility.
2: now, isn't it? People that know Sean McVay are coaching. Yeah.
4: I mean, team. was it was it O'Connell Lafleur? Um. Um. Uh, what's uh, Stefanski? Yeah. Uh, um, what's the it, Cincinnati the, Zach Taylor? Yeah. Zach yeah. Taylor. I mean, yeah. Just the list goes on and on and on. So you know it. It's one of those things where I think guys have to understand what your strengths are. And Cliff's been here too long enough to know, can I do this? Can I manage a team that needs my full attention and still call plays and have my back turned to the defense Yo. when I'm trying to get adjustments to someone that may or may not want to listen to me? <laughs> Give those adjustments. He's getting better with it. Yeah. But when it's just you have to be able to disseminate all that stuff.
1: The one thing I want to say about this overall, just generally speaking, is the accountability is what I love right there from Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, that is total transparency, total accountability. And that's the only thing that's going to get this team out of the rut they're in offensively. That is it. You got to be able to tell the truth. You have to start by telling the truth, and that's the only way you're going to be able to fix the problem by acknowledging it. I love the accountability from from Cliff right there. I just wouldn't do it this game. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it on the short week. I wouldn't give up the play calling no. responsibility. You got D Hop coming back. See what this game does. See what this is all about. Well, then you got the mini buy coming up here. So. To me, this is a reset
4: button. But I would also say this. It's one thing that that I, I do enjoy about Cliff is that, like you said, he's transparent. I need that accountability in the meeting room with everyone involved. That's the next step. That's the next step. Whereas you hear it and he'll fall on the sword, which I... Listen, I appreciate a head coach knowing and glaring and doing that. But there's another thing to step and make sure that the guys in the room are also holding themselves accountable to that and that it's not just him going out in front of a public audience and, t- and taking the mea culpa.
1: You're saying players matter? Absolutely. Well <laughs> matter.
4: Not the play. Players. No, players matter. And players also need to feel respected in this process, especially when if the head guy can't say something, To that person directly Then where is the true leadership in that And how do you expect the people that you put In leadership places to act If the head guy's not doing that So I think that's the next little step I think it's getting better But it still needs a little bit more And I think that's what's also Going to churn this over And I think, like you said, short week D hop back, let's see how that looks Robbie Anderson, you traded for him Let's see how he fits into this equation um, As that deep ball threat because you're missing Marquise Brown, yep, he slots into that. That's one where it looks very similar to trade out, right? Totally. Those of those guys play very similar, but D Hop to your to to your words, uh, Wolf. He's a guy that dictates d- the coverage, but he's coming back off. He's coming back in. Short week. I don't know how in shape D-Hop's going to be for this first game. So will they just play true vanilla and then figure it out during the game? Or will they actually go out early? I don't know. But we'll wait to see. I would love to see how this game's going to go tomorrow.
2: Yeah, I, as, if you were running the team, Max, let's just put all the pressure on you. If you're running the team, okay, because no there pressure. is, there's this, you're not going to, you're not going to make a change because of what the fans are saying, but th- the fans are not happy with this team. Like, I feel like even if they win tomorrow, if they win a game 14 to 12, I think the fan base is still going to be extremely nervous and upset. If they go out there and score 35 points and win a game, then maybe you start to turn things around because of what you said. This is supposed to be an offensive team first and foremost. I don't believe, and I think Wolf's on the same page here. As bad as it could possibly get this year, I don't think they're firing Cliff Kingsbury this year. I know a lot of people think it's going to happen on Friday if they lose tomorrow. I will be surprised if that happens. But the idea of switching play-calling duties seems a lot more realistic. Your
4: experience as a player though, how difficult is that to do midseason and expect to have success Well um, I, I, I'm completely agreeing. you' not, you're not firing Cliff Kingsbury yeah. you know you extended the contract and you went and you got Kyler his long-term deal to match Cliff Kingsbury's time here so that's not going anywhere. Um, in the near future. Um, As far as play calling, the good thing is if you are going to make a switch and who's going to be calling to the green dot on the offensive helmet of Kyler Murray... um, it's somebody in-system. So the system's yes. not going to change. Yeah. It's how you execute said system. Now, if you move a Sean Coogler into that position, they expect to see a little bit more run and yeah. play action to set it up. Yeah. A little more RPO where he has that two-way go. But you're not going to see as many of the sophisticated passing schemes where we're spreading guys out wide and we're running almost essentially what looks like a run-and-shoot air-raid combo. Um You're going to tighten it back down and get it right in the middle. I think Spencer
1: Whipple is a guy that really would get that opportunity, get that crack. If there was one guy, I think it'd be Spencer Whipple. He was the guy that actually called plays when Cliff Kingsbury missed... The Cleveland game, yeah, last okay. year on the road, yeah. right? Remember that? Yeah. Remember because Cliff of... said
2: he hadn't watched the game. I wonder, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if, if it's been a year. I wonder if he's watched that game yet. You might need to.
4: Yeah. see what Spencer was. I calling. forgot all about that. Oh gosh. Yeah. Well, and I think and, and Spencer also. I mean, you realize is it, that's that's Mark Whipple's son, correct? Yes. Yeah, and and yes. and Whip has been has been a coordinator. Look what he did with with Pitt yet last year, right? With Long Kenny ton. Pickett. Now, granted, I will say this Nebraska didn't go as well. <laughs> but, it's fair. But at the same time, Mark Whipple's a guy who's an NFL guy. And when you're the son of that guy, like that kind of breeds some. I won't. Uh, I'm going to throw the Hackett's out of that situation because okay, Nathaniel right. Hackett, okay, I, he yeah. has no clue. Okay. Um, but his dad was a defense coordinator. It's a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> um, not not a time manager not exactly okay. not exactly but Mark Whipple and that, that was my quarterback's coach in Pittsburgh oh, so, wow. so yeah so Mark Whipple was what brought in Ben as a rookie so Spencer being around that and understanding that experience I think and having a dad as a resource like that that yeah. can be objective and help that really helps because I look at like Charlie Weiss and you watch Charlie Weiss Jr. at Ole Miss like his dad watches all his games he has conversations with him Monty Kiffin helps Lane to this day as a consultant Monty. that helps guide his sons I think when you have fathers that have done it at a high level; those kids understand it a lot better. So it would be it would be nice to see Spence get the uh, get the call on there. All
2: right, we're going prime time this week. We're giving you the chance to win tickets to both the Suns' home opener tonight and then Thursday night football. So text Prime Time to six twenty six twenty and listen for your name all day long. Plus one lucky winner each day is going to win their choice of a Devin Booker jersey or a DeAndre Hopkins jersey. That's Prime Time to six twenty six twenty. Okay, come back. Max is here. We'll go through some overreactions around the National Football League. Following week six, Maximum Football continues next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. (coughs)
0: Arizona Sports. Max starts. Maximum football. football. With Wolf and Luke. Brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com.
2: We did this a couple weeks ago when Max was here, and uh, I thought it worked pretty well. So then we did it again last week, and it keeps working well. So we're gonna keep doing it, Max, because it is a uh, it's a league of overreactions. And what have you done for me lately? And uh, and you know, have one one bad game in the NFL feels like ten in baseball, or however many in basketball. So we're gonna go through some of these overreactions. I'm gonna to toss them out there and. Um, Start with Max and Wolf jump okay. in here as well. Max, we're going to start with this one, and I've got I've got a clip I'm going to play here uh, okay. for this first one. Uh, also, you should know I think you saw this firsthand. Overreaction number one: The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in real trouble.
4: <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think there is an issue there, um, not strictly and solely because of Tom Brady and his woes um, with personal off the field issues, but I think it's some of the decision making. By Tom and the offense, the way that it is, the offensive line cannot really block offense, like for run game. Seems like an issue. That's, that's a big issue. And when you think about Tom Brady and the success that he has, the run game is usually very efficient. It was very inefficient against us. And I was telling Wolf this during the break. I was like, our entire secondary was brand new. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, hello, my name is badges were falling off of their jerseys as they got on the field. <laughs> oh, stickers. Yeah, and little stickers. Yeah, little stickers. <laughs> I mean, h- h- tell me if you're the GOAT, if you're Tom Brady, yeah. which defensive back are you scared of? <sighs> Elijah Riley, Quincy Wilson, Quincy Jackson. Okay. Oh, A lot of Quincy's. Arthur Millette and Terrell Edmonds and Trey Norwood. I mean, if you're oh, Tom Brady... Oh, do y'all I even think. know who most Edmunds. of those guys are? I, I think
2: you put up like 31 points on that team. Yes. Well, you Edmonds is, <laughs> my... is the only name
4: for you... And he was a first-rounder. That's the only reason why <laughs> you know. It, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even get a fifth-year fifth, fifth year option and, and, and signed last-minute to the team. But no Minka Fitzpatrick, no Akello Witherspoon, no Levi Wallace, no Cam Sutton um, in that secondary. Man. And then you're already missing T.J. Watt off the edge. Mm-hmm. You lose Demarvin Marvin Leal, our third-round pick which was the guy that was kind of trying to fill in that role. And then you have a brand new guy, Miles Jack, and Devin Bush Roberts Blaine on defense. Like, there's nothing that should have scared you in that moment. But yet, this squad went and minimized Tom Brady at only one passing touchdown and gave them fits throughout this entire game. And that's when you worry, because the Tom Brady of old would have absolutely dismantled our team. In that situation, John yeah. Brady old being like a year and a half ago, even yeah, exactly. Yeah. But so, and you still had no mind. You, you still had Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. No, you don't have Gronk, but you still had a really Rude. good tight end in Cameron Brate. Yes. and Fournette. Cade Otten is a kid I, I I like as well. And then you had White and Fournette yeah. in the backfield, and you have Tristan Wirth, Donovan Smith. Right, you yeah. have a lot of still Shaq Mason you traded for. I know you didn't. You lost um, your center, and you got Hainsy in there, and then you got a got a rookie and uh, Gaddakey. Get a key. Got yeah. a key. I can't I, say I, it. I, no I messed it up on game day,
1: right too. There, but honestly, you're going to continue to mess that up. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to have to because I don't have
4: to see him anytime soon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, exactly. But, but, yeah, but, so I think there are some real issues there with Tampa Bay.
1: You know, for me, um, they look so different playing the game of football, and Tom Brady looks so different as well. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are exactly what I'm talking about. When an offense gets one-dimensional, even the GOAT, the greatest of all time, Tom Brady when an offense gets one dimensional you're playing you're playing right into the hand of your opponent yeah. you are
4: yeah. one hand tied behind your
1: back this team is number 32 in rushing yards per game and number 32 in rushing yards per play you put those two things together right there they cannot run the ball no. they can't do it and now you've got Tom Brady, who's one-dimensional. Tom Brady, when he's at his best, he's always been in an offense that attacked the line of scrimmage in a north-south fashion and then used play action to throw the ball. That's when he's been at his best.
4: Yeah, and, and it's right only now, right over the top of the guy that, that's bit on the play action fake. Even exactly better. <laughs> exactly <Yeah>. right.
1: <laughs> and right now, it's just not the scenario. He's one-dimensional, and even the GOAT, when he's one-dimensional... It's
4: it's death Here, metaphorically. Here's uh,
2: Big Ben, and I didn't even realize Big Ben had a
4: podcast until this week, Max. Yeah, no, I only knew about it two weeks before you just okay. found this yeah, out. Sorry.
2: So, so this is Big Ben uh, talking about the the Brady situation. Let's say on Sunday, it
4: didn't look like he wanted to be out there. Mm. I mean, maybe it was the pressure, that, and he was getting hit, and the you know whatever was going on. And I remember, I, I, at one point, I looked down there. I was telling, I don't know if I told Jason or Brian, but I'm like, like, there's no way he's enjoying this. Mm. No way. Maybe, you know, but I, I, so I was up there like just, I was enjoying being up there watching the game, but um, it just didn't look fun. No, he's got a lot going on, obviously. Sure. As you hear and read about whatever. I know he just went up to his uh, former owners. Wedding like two days before. Oh, really? Yeah, there's, that's big news now that he flew up there, missed a walk through, and mm-hmm. went up there. And it, but you know, it's yeah. whatever you choose to do. But and, and like I said, when a defense gets after you, like sometimes your 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 anger and your disgust for things happen because the other team is affected, mm-hmm. not just because you you know it's you. So right. Uh, but yeah, it, it did. It just looked like a different Tom
1: Max. That's your quarterback.
4: Yeah, it's my QB. Yeah. QB seven. That's my classmate. That's That's my classmate and my locker mate as well. That's my team. That's my quarterback. So, uh, what do you have to say to that, Max? I mean, yeah. Shoot, I mean that he didn't lie. There was not a lie told. He's not enjoying it. That's why he yelled at his offensive
2: line. It's your quarterback. Why, come and he, back If you're not enjoying it, it's not whatever his unfinished business was this year. I don't think it was going three and three and losing to Pittsburgh and almost losing to Atlanta.
4: Yeah, well, I th- I think it came down to he really saw this playing out differently, but he thought he was just going to show up and be instead of have to show up and show out and, and earn their respect. Man, it's just which is very unBrady like. Well, you missed eleven. You missed eleven days of practice uh-huh. for an undisclosed preplan. When does that happen? That does not happen. It does not, happen. and it has not Ever. happened in his entire not even career. Goat. And then you hear, literally, a couple of weeks after, what's going on? Because it was already well, that was weird bad. enough. That, and
1: you know, what, personally, yeah. because I've been through that, man. Yeah that that is heartbreaking for me. It brings yeah. back so many raw. Bad, bad memories and experiences,
4: man. So my heart goes out to them. Yeah, it does. But you have to also think that has to play a role. I don't. I don't care if you say, you know what? When I step through that door, all my problems of the world stay outside that door, and I'm in a silo. It just does not happen. Does not happen. It never happens. It's a unless great... you're a psychopath. Once again. I'm still not sure about that one. <laughs> Could possibly be one of those things, right? That a person can't, but it, you can't help. But feel some type of way, and that's why you know it's kind of it's hard to say that because right you appreciate Tom Brady the athlete, but you also understand that Tom Brady's a human, and that those issues are going to manifest themselves, especially when you're as a public of a figure as Tom yes. Brady, people are taking shots at you left and right, even former teammates taking shots at yeah. you um, left and right. And to say, ah, I don't see any of that. Nope, that's a lie.
2: Well, and I cannot even imagine how Tom Brady would have reacted if somebody else had missed 11 days of camp. That's why it's so strange to see it. Yeah, he the was mad the
4: that they missed one block.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he let him know. Uh, I want to get one more overreaction yeah. here before we go to break. With the way the NFC West looks, nine wins, wins you that division? Is that an overreaction? Ooh. Who looks no. good? I no. thought San Francisco was going to start to look good.
4: They did not look good. Unless Atlanta's is better than I realize, <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Oh no. I, I mean, I, and let's face it. I mean, I will give a lot of kudos to Atlanta for being creative. Mm-hmm. But yes, nine completions for a starting quarterback in the NFC South is not going to win you the division. That's what Marcus Mariota got a victory the on. The one thing I love about the Atlanta Falcons, though,
1: just watching their offense right now, is the way they blend the old and the new. You hear me talk about yeah. this all the time, man. They do it. They put him under center, Marcus Mariota. They put him in the pistol. They put him in the shotgun. They blend at all and it seems like a third a third and a third
4: in which they do it. I love that. I love seeing it. But I think missing Cordell Patterson is going to change that dynamic cuz yes. you need Cordell Patterson to make all of that work. So it's going to be interesting how they transfer with that. And then you're still not using Kyle Pitts your tight end. That's the one thing that's so confusing to me is that a year ago this guy was your bread to be and the butter guy. Yeah. and you've forgotten about him in this offense this year. I don't know what Arthur Smith's thinking. tight end or a wide receiver. That is, that, that is the question, and they haven't answered it. So, yeah. Wolf, if you answer you should send that in to Arthur Smith. <laughs> yeah, you could be coaching the Falcons tomorrow. Yeah. Yes.
2: All right, we come back. What can you realistically expect from DeAndre Hopkins and basically his first real NFL action in a year and Robbie Anderson in his first ever game with the Cardinals tomorrow? Maximum Football continues next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.